It is a tremendous departure uh, in many respects from the way that we have done things from a programmatic standpoint, although the, the, the secrets of success remain. Much of the thing, much of, uh, of what I'm going to present today, I should have done five, six years ago uh, for the group, and I think the group would be a lot better off. But just as you have struggles in your business, I have struggles in mine. And so sometimes I don't get things done as quickly as I could. I'm slow to hire. I'm a terrible manager. Uh, many, many other things, I will tell you. Uh, but we're going to look at the uh, next evolution at the Painters Academy here, and we're, we're calling it something that I think is absolutely true, and it's complete combination coaching. Uh, Jesse, somebody I don't see in this picture is you. We, we, got, we got our 6 a.m. workout in because you can't buy six packs on the internet. Uh, so we had seven of us down there. We got it done. We sweated to the oldies. Uh, some classic rock workout there. So if you missed it next year, hey, it's your opportunity. You can come down there. What is it? You stay safe, I'll stay free. I started wearing that during COVID. Everybody used to keep saying, stay safe. I'm like, stay safe. I said, I'll stay free, you stay safe. What's that mean? Well, if I have to tell you, you don't know. Um, so we're going to talk about the primary problems painting contractors face. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of who we are, uh, Tara and I, because some of you in here, every year it amazes me at Summit, somebody is here on a lark, and they have no idea what we do or who I am or anything. Like they're just, They just know that they're in this room with some successful painters, and that's about it. And so I have to cover this um, because it's, it's important. The five-factor formula, uh, plans to fit any painter, three roads to travel, and we're going to take questions. So let's talk about the primary problems painters face. And sometimes it's, these don't ever really quite leave you. They're always lurking in the background. They could show up at any moment. They may come reappear. They're like that uh, relative that you hate that just shows up every five years. It's, it's just like that, right? Um, Time-consuming and inaccurate estimating methods. So many of you in here, even now, even some APPC members are still struggling uh, because they're, they're not using production rates like they should. Some, even some high-achieving people in the room. Projects are over budget and cause constant complaints. The only thing worse to me, well, I don't know that it's worse, uh, but it's pretty close. Uh, it, it's emotionally worse. Uh, it, it is when, when you cannot, you don't know this week how many projects are going to come in on budget. It's, like you're, it's, it's almost like you're gambling instead of painting. But which, how, how's it going to go? Where are the margins going to be? We don't know. Let's check the bank account. Hope there's some money in there. But complaints, my wife will tell you, I was the worst at handling complaints. I always even tell people at Summit, if you've got complaints, please email complaints at paintersacademy.com. It will say that it doesn't work and it'll bounce back, but I read all of those. Because um, I'm not the best. I'm not the best at handling complaints, and I don't like it. And that's why I always like to have strong systems. I like to deliver exactly what I promise because I don't want to, to fail. I don't want to, you know, mess something up for somebody. Another one is sourcing materials reliably. I don't know. In the last month or two, we've probably done a dozen of these uh, paint pricing assessments, and there's nobody that's not overpaying. Some of them are pretty good. It's like they're only overpaying 7%, but we got some 45 and some 50 percenters in there. And sometimes they're big companies. I'm like, how in the world does this even happen? Bromance. Bromance and inattention to materials, which, you know, the thing that's so funny, uh, here's what I found. It's like a routine. It's like just, it is so common. Roger's up here ordering his own paint. 
And so many of y'all don't even know where your paint prices are. And the funny thing is, you, the bigger the company gets, the more particular they are about their materials, and they only order it from one, one store, and they've got really good systems. And all the little guys tell me why they can't do that. And it's not that there's, it's either or, it's like the reason they're there is because of things like this. Unpredictable, expensive, uh, expensive and low quality leads. Some of you are spending your personal income buying leads constantly from some people that are really snake oil salesmen and the jobs are small, the quality of the client's not very good, and it's consuming your personal income, okay? It's making, it, it's causing you problems. Losing jobs to chuck in a truck. It is embarrassing and frustrating when you know that you could do a better job for your clients and some dude who's not gonna look out for their interests gets the work and typically they fail them. They either fail them in the uh, actual finished product, they fail them in the customer service, they fail them in the follow-up. And I, I will say this, you have a, uh, to me, you have a moral and an ethical obligation if you know that your team performs better than your competitors to, if you have to bear wrestle them to get that job. And you should have so much confidence and so much enthusiasm that when you say, ma'am, you don't have to buy from us, but I think you'd be making a tremendous mistake. If you can't say that, there's a problem in your operations and then your sales process you know, should, should be that impassioned and have the processes in place to get it. Can't find good painters. This is the only guy you can find. Some of y'all are running companies with this guy. Earl. Earl spatter paint. Like he's there about three days a week. About, gets there about 9.30. He's, I've been painting for 45 years. You're 30 years old, I know. I got an early start. Wearing all the hats, can't find good staff, don't know what to do with staff if you hired them, don't know what to look for, don't know what systems to put them in. It is frustrating. Each day descends into chaos. This is awful. I, I routinely talk to, to men, primarily, I mean, we're like, it's like 97% male in our industry. They got six painters and they are worn to a frazzle. If I had six painters, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd work about an hour and a half in the morning. I mean, what I got, you got three crew leaders, you got three painters, you got three jobs going, they ain't gonna turn over but like one or two a week. But what are you doing with the rest of your time riding around in the truck? What are you doing in the truck? Are you a truck driver? No. <laughs> You're not a truck driver, you own a painting business. Do you run a paint store? No, quit delivering paint. You don't make any money for that. Do your customers pay you for that? To drive around in the truck and to pick up paint? No, but people do it. And then there's no operation systems and the phone rings and the customers are mad and everything's in your head and you don't even have anything on paper that you could give to somebody to help you if they wanted to help you. Employees will not implement anything or take initiative. This is especially a big problem for those of you who run larger businesses. This is something that Tara is a lot stronger at than I am. Uh, I routinely have worked with large company owners and we're trying to change a sales process or, or change a, a meeting agenda or implement some kind of incentive plan and they can't get their production manager or their sales manager to do jack nor squat. And they have sold you 
you have not sold them. And they know that if you're just going to bring something up one or two times, you're going to nag them about it. And if they just make excuses and delay for about two weeks to a month, you will abandon your mission. You've trained them to know that what you say is not reality, that it's not in your culture, and you can't get them to implement even simple things, even if it's already done for them. And they've got just tools and templates. You just got to take your time you're spending now and just do something different with your time. You've got to be able to get your guys to implement. Flying blind financially. It is rare that anyone knows how much money they made last year. What are you there for? Is this the entertainment? This is like not a very entertaining business. There's all kinds of things I think I'd rather be doing than you know, just running the painting business sometimes. It's not that entertaining. And so like, you need to know just basic numbers. There aren't a bunch of numbers, but the basic ones need to be known. Unable to scale despite multiple valiant attempts. It's like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. It's like every year, we're going to do it this year. How? I don't know. But I got lots of enthusiasm. This is going to be our year. Just kind of wishful, empty thinking. Working twice as hard for as third as much as possible. Many of you in this room, when I talked to you 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, you were just worn out and broke. Because it's easy to do. And I tell you one of the biggest reasons that all this stuff happens. You go from being a painter to a crew leader which are kind of similar, and then one day you're an owner, but you think you are still here. And those skills have nothing to do with being a crew leader, very little at all. And so you've got to pick up new skills. You have a new job, okay? And then the final thing is this. It's just anytime you do something and you don't get paid well for it and it's frustrating and it's chaotic, it just robs you of your motivation and then you've got a couple of things that happens. Either you kind of give up or you start to manage and lower your own expectations. You start making excuses and then you internalize those excuses because you know everything and then nothing changes. It's really just a coping mechanism. I see it all the time. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I can be on the phone now after about two, 2,500, 3,000 assessments and I can just about tell if people have done this. It does not take long for it to come to the surface. So today you're gonna to discover a proven process to get rid of this stuff. You can't get rid of all of it, but some of it you can completely get rid of and some of it you can reduce to the, to the like it's like, I can't believe that happened. That hasn't happened in a long time. Why did that happen? That's an exception versus that happens every day, it's the rule. We don't want them to be rules. Problems should be exceptions, not rules. And always people always say, well, who are you to make such a promise? I've been painting 30 years. You ain't even paint. Boy, I hear that. I get it all the time from people. It's, like the, it, it's funny. It's almost like a, a false sense of pride, right? Um, and so most of you have heard this story before. I hate to even repeat it. But like, folks think that I grew up like, with like, well-adjusted parents, and I was sent to an Ivy League school or something. I don't know why people think that. I have no idea. I'm just a little redneck that grew up in a single wide trailer <laughs> out on the state road. Uh, and then, you know, mom would be running around with men that had just gotten out of prison. She'd drag me and my sister along. It was terrible. First, 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 first 13 years were just terrible. And then I moved in with my, my dad, and things got better. 
but we were still poor. Uh, we didn't have heat. Uh, well, I didn't have air conditioning, unpainted wafer board ceilings. Dad had club foot and facial deformities, and we were just poor, poor white trash. And everybody around me was on food stamps and drugs, and it was just tough. And you have to work real hard to be the poorest kid at Arab High School. You have to work at it, like something had to happen, right? And um, something about me, my I have made intentionally my friends, my family, and uh, my wife. No, she's uh, she's embarrassing. Sorry, sorry. Um, I made my wife and I, like Rick, Rick said, I'm not, I'm not going to let it happen to them. And, and over the years, many of you, people I've gotten close with, I know I'm like always kind of direct, but I don't know. I don't, it is my, who I am, but it's like sometimes I wonder if it's not just an act. It's not something I had to develop at some point just to get all that stuff. You know, I can't deal with it. So I'm not going to worry about what anybody thinks. You know why? Because every time I've done it, it's not turned out real well. So I'm like y'all. I carry around all this baggage. Okay? But what I am good at is helping painting businesses and building relationships. That's what I'm good at. I'm very good at it. And Tara Riley, I'd like for you to come up and talk a little bit about your background, because people may not know. Uh, before you come up here, well, come on up here. Um, <laughs> I catch you on the, state, the stairs there. Um, the reason I have not brought somebody on to coach alongside me in a decade is because I've not found anybody, in my opinion, that's qualified to do it. When I think about bringing somebody up, into this family, it's like if somebody were going to mentor my children. Not that you're kids. You're not kids. I understand that. This is we're co-equals. But like you, you're, you're careful with your family, right? And over the years, I've watched Tara pour so much into Fresh Coat and to grow it. Not just to grow it for the franchise's sake, but to grow it at 500% unit volume for the members, right, to put systems in place. She came on board and she's like, there are some things missing. We need some help. She built a big, huge team. She's got lots of home service experience. She's ran her own restaurant. She spent years in McDonald's. I'm telling your story. <laughs> but she's fantastic and she's phenomenal. And there are places where I, just like you and your business, I'm weak. I got weaknesses, management, leadership, business planning. I'm not geared for it, okay? Some of you aren't geared for it. You had to find a business partner or an operations manager or somebody to be geared to it. I am terrible at managing my people. Ask them. I don't manage my people. I'm like, I hired you to do something. I hope you're doing it because I'm over here doing what I do. <laughs> I mean, that's basically my management strategy. You know, and a few loose reports and that's about it. 
And so in some respects, I am like you, right? I've got these blind spots, and, and we're fixing them now with Tara's help, and she's been leading our team. She drags me to meetings. I hate meetings. I don't like them. I you know, don't like meetings very much, but she runs them effectively and efficiently, and we're tracking things, and things are improving. So I'm going to let her tell her uh, story a little bit. Thank you, Ms. Tara Riley. Probably more than anything, Brandon, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, it's years ago when I first got to Fresh Coat, as, as Brandon mentioned, you know, I got there, we had a small team, and there were definitely some systems missing. And blessedly, some of my smarter franchisees said, you ought to meet Brandon Lewis. You ought to talk to Brandon. And so I did. I, I've learned that if I listen to people that are smarter than me, I learn things. So I, so I met Brandon and realized that the systems that he had developed were exactly what we needed to implement in Fresh Coat. It was amazing, and we worked with Brandon for three years. And, and then I was literally talking to my team, one of my team members one time. I said, you know, if I ever retire from Fresh Coat, I want to go to work with Brandon. <laughs> I did say that. But it was probably seven years ago, I don't know. Anyway, for those of you who know me, you probably know that one of my greatest loves, and the reason I ended up in franchising was because I love helping business owners. I love business, I love seeing people succeed, I love seeing people grow and scale, but most importantly, I love seeing people achieve what they want to achieve. And that may be, it's different for all of you. Some of you are wanting to have more time with your family. Some of you want to be an empire builder, to hit a, 20, you know, hit a mark because it's important to you. Everyone's a little different, but the one thing you all have in common is you have a goal that you want to hit and we can help. And that's what really warms my heart. That's literally how I ended up in franchising. And so when the opportunity came up that I had the ability to take my focus and be able to put that 100% in my mind, on helping people, that's, that's what Brandon's providing to me right now. And it's, you know, I started in October, and I, I'm going to tell you, I made the absolute right decision. I want to thank all of you guys. This last two days has been amazing for me. Um, I appreciate the warm welcome. I appreciate those of you who were in my pre-day, the amazing conversations. I have learned, and I always did. Every time I came to someone, I learned things that I took back to help our organization, but this is a great group. You guys are supporting each other. Most importantly, you're investing in yourselves. You know, um, anyway, for, for those of you who don't know me, I started my career like 35 years ago working for McDonald's. You know, it was, I, I started in high, well, it was, long, it was longer than 35 years ago. Um, I, start, I started in high school working for McDonald's. I had no intention of even being in business when I was started in high school. I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian or an engineer. I didn't know what business was. All I knew is my friends were at McDonald's. It was easy. <laughs> it was easy. I made some money. Uh, it was flexible. And so, as I like to tell people, I didn't bother to quit or get fired, and I ended up staying 20 years. Um, <laughs> now, there was a career there. I, ended, I went to school. I grew up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. How many of you have even know somebody from North Dakota, other than yeah, one or two? Right. I, my mom's family was in Texas, so 
I skedaddled out of the frozen tundra as fast as I could, got down to Texas, went to school there, kept working for McDonald's, um, and kept getting promoted. I didn't even ask for promotion sometimes. I learned some things about how not to communicate to your team. One day I got my paycheck and I'd gotten a raise. And I'm like, I went to my store manager, I said, Kathy, I, th I think I, I got a raise. And she goes, oh yeah, we promoted you. <laughs> we promoted you to crew chief. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm thinking, when were you gonna tell me this? You know, I appreciate the raise, thank you. Uh, along the way, I've, I can tell you that I've had some amazing mentors. So in my McDonald's career, I ended up as a store manager. And then the owner operator I was working for, now you can see I was in franchising literally my whole life, uh, hired, a, hired a seasoned director of operations who had been at McDonald's, worked for Ray Kroc like from 1963, he was a Marine Corps drill instructor, crazy guy. And he came in and he was focused on developing people. It was one of the things he was focused on. And he not only, I mean, he developed all of us, but he took a particular interest and said, you're very sharp. He said, if you ever leave here, you should go to work for McDonald's Corp. That was the first thing he said to me. Now, took a few more years, but you know, he really pushed me. He got me out of my comfort zones. He taught me how to lead. He taught me to look at my mistakes. And I learned a tremendous amount from him. He pushed me. I've, I told many of you this story. He called me in his office one day, and uh, I'd been a store manager probably about three years. And he said, <clears throat> sit down. He goes, okay, I gotta tell you something. And I'm thinking, what did I do? And he's like, I'm promoting you to supervisor. I'm like, okay, well at least he told me I didn't just show up in my paycheck. He said, you're gonna have five stores. I said, okay, so I'm thinking, wow, that's a change. And then almost immediately he looks at me and he says, so why did you come here? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, college station, I was down at Texas A&M, and by the way, I had dropped out of school at some point, I had not graduated yet. And he said, why did you come here? And I, well, I said, you know, I came here to go to school. And he leaned across the table at me and he said, don't you think you should finish? <laughs> I said, and I'm like, wait, you just promoted me to supervisor over five stores, brand new job, and now you're telling me you want me to go back to school? He goes, you had a goal and you need to achieve it. And I'm like, and he said, now you'll have the flexibility to do it. I honestly think the reason he promoted me to supervisor was so that I could go back to school. And so I did, and I ended up at that point going back and getting a business degree. And one of the most cool things about that was when I was in school taking these business classes, I had the greatest sandbox to test things in. I had stores. I had, I had 400 employees. We had 120 managers. And I would take things from class and I would actually use it. So my education in business was not theory. It was real. And that was one of the most tremendous things that's ever happened in my life was like, you know, it, a lot of people get a business degree and they don't even know what it is. I was using it you know, we, I would take an accounting class and we were required to do profit and loss statements already. He had us doing them on ledgers. Wilson ledgers, you guys know what those are? I had to track everything from my store on a Wilson ledger so I knew where my profit and loss was every day. I mean, so those were kind of the lessons that I got from this man. And when the operator 
decided he was going to sell the stores, Ed was, he said to me, I told you you should go to work for McDonald's Corp. I'm going to get you interviews. Right? So Phil was selling the stores, new operator was coming in, he had family. And he did. He made good on his word. I interviewed with two regions, and I ended up in Atlanta working for McDonald's Corp. And that is exactly the reason I'm in front of you today, is because I went to work for McDonald's Corp, and I was assigned to helping business owners. So I had, up until that point, I had been doing direct operations. I had been running stores. I had been in charge of hundreds of people. I had to hire. In my lifetime, I've probably hired over 1,000 people. You can imagine the turnover. I won an award one time because my turnover was only 120%. I was the lowest in the region. I had stores that would do 500% turnover. Can you imagine? Okay. It's, so that's why I'm in front of you because one, somebody took the time to develop me, right? Somebody took an interest in me and pushed me. And then I found my path, right? I found my path when I went and started working with those business owners. I knew, I knew right away, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to help people grow. And so, fast forward, I had the opportunity to step away from McDonald's. It was a great company. They helped me develop. They paid for me to go get an MBA. I learned a tremendous amount. But I kept getting promoted. <laughs> I know that, it may, I always make that sound like a bad thing, but... The problem was, I loved being in the field. I loved working with business owners directly. And after a couple of promotions, I no longer was the person working with the business owners. I was in what we like to call the political suck, right? I'm in the middle of a big company, and it's all politics. And I'm thinking, you know, this isn't that much fun anymore. And a headhunter came calling and said, hey, there's this small company that started up about five years ago, and they're in franchising, and they don't have anybody to help their franchise owners. They have operations people, but they don't have a business coach. And they're looking for somebody, Tara, and I think you'd be the perfect person for it. And this little company, and it's in Texas, because I had said, my family's all in Texas. Whoop. And it was just, so I kind of wanted to move back. And so I interviewed, and this little company was called Sport Clips. They'd been open about five years. We had just crossed 100 units. Gordon Logan's an interesting guy. He's a... He's an amazing guy. This is a guy that never took an accounting class, and he passed the CPA exam on his first try. All five sections. <laughs> Crazy guy. But I got in there, and I got an opportunity to create. And that's another thing I love doing. I love creating things. I love creating systems. I love creating things that work. My management degree at A&M was the emphasis was on organizational theory and design. How do you design an organization to make it work? That was right there. That's the scaling. When I worked for McDonald's, I was always trying to figure out, we were always trying to figure out how to make our stores better. When we did that, they grew. How to make our people better. So Sport Clips grew. We started at 120. They're over 2,000 units now. And they still use some of the things we put in place when I first got there. So my journey you know, went from there. Now, the McDonald's and Sport Clips are both retail. I had an opportunity, a, a boss moved over to um, this company called Enhanced Wood Renewal, cabinet and floor refinishing. I've always been sort of, I loved, I used to love to go to auctions with my parents and I'd buy old furniture and we'd refinish it. So I loved, I've always kind of loved handwork. I've always loved doing things with my hands. And so I thought, well, this will be cool. But what was really cool was when I started working with the franchise owners and I saw the profit and loss statements for home services companies, I'm like, 
what have I been doing for 20 years? I mean, a McDonald's will do, I had a two and a half million dollar McDonald's that I was excited when we got one single digit bottom line. All that work, 24 hour store, 120 employees, open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, and you're doing all that work to make eight or nine percent. And I saw a P&L for a enhanced wood renewal, I'm like 35 percent bottom line. More, I mean, it, it's a, it was just eye-opening. And I said, I like this business. Somewhere along the line, I opened a rest. I, I bought a restaurant. We ran that. I always worked full time while we owned the restaurants. My business partner and I both did. So that was crazy time. Anyway, I'm wandering around. I don't want to wander around so much, but it is. That is a little bit of the journey of how do I end up in front of you. So you guys know the story. I've spent a few more years in different groups, and then I ended up with the opportunity to take over Fresh Code. Now, that old mentor, Ed, of mine, he also had a saying, and he said, you know, anything worth doing is worth being in charge of. <laughs> and I think, I, I think really secretly all of my life from the time I could talk, I've always tried to be in charge of things. I, you know, I, I think I, I've been told, you know, you're bossy, you know, don't do that, you know, but, but anyway, so Fresh Coat and having that opportunity was my opportunity. If I'm going to be in franchising and I want to help people, then the opportunity to be in charge of it was the ultimate capstone of that. And for nearly 10 years, I had a, a wonderful, we had growth, we, we had wonderful group of franchise owners. There's a couple of them sitting here in the room and Jimmy now is a coach for, for Fresh Coach. Fresh, and so, you know, it was a great journey. But I think it, there was a point at which you realize you've given everything. You've given everything you can to something and it's actually to benefit them to say having a fresh start might be something that would be helpful. And then meanwhile, I started talking to Brandon. And, um, you know, it, as we talked about his business and what he wanted to do, and I was thinking about what I wanted to do in my next step, it just made a lot of sense. It made, I mean, you talk about family, and I, I appreciate you welcoming me into your family, and I promise I'll take care of our kids. <laughs> I will do my best. That's all I can do is, I, you know, somebody earlier said, you know, if, if, you're, if you want to succeed, try to do a little better every day. I, that resonated with me because I used to say that to my managers. I said, look, you're not going to ever be, I can promise you, in fast food, you will never be perfect. I was kind of a young, as a really young person, I was kind of a perfectionist. 20 years of working in fast food, especially, that'll beat, you, beat the perfection out of you. You start to realize, I just got to look for improvement. And I think that's important. Look, guys, you, you're not going to jump from zero to 100 in a day. You're not going to, but if you improve a little every day, if you just take a step, make one little change, sometimes it's amazing how one little change in your business will have a huge end result and, and it will create uh, huge things that are positive in your business. But I, that's my mantra. It's like, look, I just try to be a little better every day. And when I do that, I have found that I succeed and my businesses succeed and the people I work with succeed. So that's a little more than a little about me, Brandon. But that's why I'm in front of you. And, I, and, and again, thank you and thank all of you for the warm welcome. I am looking forward to not only helping you guys, but even more of you when we have that opportunity. So thanks.
All right. Well, I just I thought it's we spend a little. I just want y'all to know who she is because uh, it's very important. She, there's many of you that are past the point of where I can help you, uh, and and somebody else needs this, especially the larger companies. Like when it comes into being managers of managers, like I just I don't I don't even like it. I don't like it because all I can tell you just tell them what to do, and if they don't do it, fire them. That's all the advice I have because that is my management strategy. That's it. Okay. So the unique five-factor combination that unlocks success. Expert business diagnostic, done-for-you systems, optimized sequencing, uh, KPI dashboard, and custom implementation solutions. So this is back when I had all my hair. This is when I first started the Painters Academy. I dredge this old picture up every once in a while. So the first thing that you need, if you're going to help somebody in business, Somebody has to get on the phone with you and figure out what your problems are that are that's qualified to do it, who has done it like over and over and over again. People go into these programs that don't have a diagnostic process and they spend all their time doing crap that's like the 15th most important thing. Then they come to me, I'm like, who, the, who looked at your business before? Did they not see this? It almost be like if you went into a doctor's office and like your leg was bleeding and there wasn't a leg and you were dragging I tell you what it looks like you've got some uh, hangnails there let's uh let's get you over here to the manicurist meanwhile you're bleeding out and like the guy doesn't even help you this I see this like it is in our and this is why I was I was so slow to bring anybody on to give advice because I'm like I don't want that poisoning what we've built here and when I get on the phone with you I know people tell stories about it and maybe I need to get better at it um I'm just there to like, I got to run through like 20 or 30 business systems in 60 minutes and spend about 20 minutes telling you what we actually do because no one reads anything I send them. Okay, I got to verbally tell all of it to you, right? Did you get that? Yes, okay. Let me tell you, just tell you here on the phone then. Um, so I've got to go quick, and then I, and I need to look at the numbers. And sometimes the numbers are awful, and you know them, but a lot of times the, you don't know the numbers, but you know they're awful. And so my job is to go, okay, what's the most important thing here? The second thing is you have to have done-for-you business systems and tools. Being in a, in a group is fantastic, and everything that we do in the peer groups is awesome, and you get so many things. But here's the issue. If you walk away from one of these peer groups and it's like, we, you need a job costing process. If you've never created one, good luck. It, it, you need to reactivate your clients. Well, I've never written a letter. You need to uh, do a technical skills assessment for your crew leaders. Well, I don't know what that even is. And so if I tell you what to do, even if I explain it in detail, but if I don't give you the tools to do it, it is like a bridge too far. And that's why I've discovered is I have got to I have, it's almost like what I have to do is what uh, those take-and-bake businesses do. I have to cook the meal, I have to put it in the freezer, and then you take the meal from me, and you put it in the oven, and you sit there for 45 minutes, and you warm it back up, and then you can eat it. That's what I do with these business systems. I'm like, it is done. My number one advice is always do it exactly as I tell you to do it, and then call me and complain if it doesn't work. I've been doing this for a decade. I have never had a phone call. Never once, because we're typically putting something in place where nothing is, or we're taking something that's really broken and replacing it with something that's pretty good. Am I saying that everything I've ever created has been the best it will ever be? No, I'm gonna go back this summer now that I've got Tara here, and there's some things I'm gonna, 
replace with better things that I've not had the time to do before, but it has to be cooked for you. And a lot of coaching programs, if you failed in them before, it's because they're just giving you a bunch of blah, blah ideas. And that's great, but if you, for example, and I'll move on from this. I can't paint, okay? You could blah, blah me all day long and then put me over there to paint. It ain't going to happen. I can't do it. And so most people have never had an experience of creating these types of systems, and so unless you do, you can't do it. This is something that I screwed around on and should have fixed a long time ago, and it took Tara coming in and just knowing that this needed to be done for this to be fixed, and that is optimized sequencing. Not everything is of equal importance in your business as it relates to reducing your biggest problems and building your income. It is not all equally the same. And in many programs, they will emphasize things that people want to hear instead of the things that people need to do to get better because there are lots of things that you need to do in your painting business to get better that are not sexy, that are not fun, and that have very little appeal. Everyone loves sales and marketing stuff, right? But if your operations suck and you're not making any money, you can sales and market yourself to death. Mark talked about that yesterday because he's inclined to do sales and marketing, but he was going broke because he didn't do job costing and he didn't have, he didn't have performance pay in place. So uh, one of our, a big mentor of mine is a guy named Robert Scrobe, and he, he helps me put together programs, and he gives me advice. He works with coaches all over the nation. We've gotten to be pretty good friends over the years. He worked with me and Tara putting this program together, and he made some recommendations, and I almost always go with his recommendations, but today I'm not going to. I'm going to show you our new uh, eight-phase process, and Robert's like, are you sure you want to show people that before they join? Because that looks like a lot of work. Because he knows how people are. Everybody wants to swipe a credit card and all the problems go away. And I tell you, as soon as I figure out how to do that for y'all, I'm going to be selling it. I'll be right up here and say, all right, I know you had all these problems. Y'all just take a nap and give me the card. <laughs> but I have yet to find that. I'm looking for it. If you find it first, you call me because I want to sell it back to you. Uh, but I don't know, this is the only thing I have found so far, right? <laughs> so there are eight phases. A new phase releases every 45 days. No, you will not get done with them. But sometimes I just get tired of people saying, could you give me that thing? Could you give me that thing? Could you give me that thing? But you've not done the five things before because that's just how people are, right? We want that bright and shiny thing that we think we need. Uh, and you proceed at your own pace. So the first one is phase one, that's stabilization and owner income growth. Why would I, and what we focus on, number one, is time management. If you can't set aside about four hours a week to two hours a week and focus on implementing changes in your business that are not routine, that aren't emergencies, that aren't firefighting, that aren't writing estimates or running paint, you will fail. It is the binder. It is, the, uh, it, it is what you need. It's like you can't have a fire without fuel. You can't have a fire without fuel, and you cannot improve your business without your focused freaking time. You are the owner of your business. You get to set the schedule. That's why you went into business for yourself. But so many of you, I say, well, you got to spend four hours a week working on your business. I can't do it. I'm like, who's in charge? Who's the boss? You got a boss? You call that boss and tell me, you are the boss. And you tell everybody in your company, all your clients, I don't, I don't answer the phone. I don't talk to people from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock on Wednesdays. Don't bother me. You can do it. You are the boss. Production rates and, and, and job costing. Marketing one. 
list income calculation tool and reactivation, and then the PowerPaint presentation process. So I do these assessments with people over and over again, and I keep thinking that, and there, occasionally somebody will have this stuff together, and I send them something different for a specific problem, but I bet it's like one out of 20 times. The rest of the time, it's this. This is almost always the, the three or four most important things because reactivation puts money in your pocket immediately. Sales puts money in your pocket immediately. Job costing puts money in your pocket immediately. Getting your production rates puts money in your pocket immediately. I'm talking about if you sit down and do it like tomorrow, it puts money in your pocket almost, very close to tomorrow. And so I like to give people opportunities to fix big things that give them quick wins because, like many of you said, when I have the diagnostic call with you, I don't like you. But then when you make money, you're like, I kind of like that guy. Well, it's going to solve some of my problems. I'm warming up to this guy. And that's all I need you to do is to do the stuff because it will sell you if you just do the stuff. We move on to management, momentum, and macro metrics. You've got to have an ultimate crew leader packet. You have to have some sort of tool that your crew leaders can use to bring jobs in on budget, to know what to do. We have a meet the customer sheet, labor hour tracking sheet, uh, equipment checklist, dual column checklist that eliminates callbacks, payment envelope, uh, problem solving sheet to train them not to call you every time they have a damn problem. If you've not used that thing in there, use it. And a variety of other things so that uh, many of you need to learn how to run your operations, what I call from the desk. You can't go start every job. You can't be on every job. That's what empowering your crew leaders is about. You need something that will help you manage and schedule your projects. And a checklist of just what happened. There's about 30 things, believe it or not, that happen every time on a job. You're like, well, I don't do 30 things. I'm like, yeah, you probably do. Now, some of you may be doing 20, but you're carrying it around in your head, and it's causing chaos, and then you try to hire somebody to help you, and it's like, what's the process? Well, let me word vomit this on you, and hopefully you catch five of the things. That does not work. And then the at-home monthly newsletter. You've heard about this over and over again. And about 5% to 10%, depending on the season, of people on your list are buying painting services at any given time. And you don't ever know when it's going to be, and you don't know when they're going to be at church or at, at, at a social event and somebody talks about painting and they need to refer you. Buddy, if you can just get in front of them, it changes. It, it fixes so many problems. And we do this for you every month. It's written. We're, next, this summer, we're going to start doing it, doing it for you. I'm going to do an SOP with mail houses, you won't have to get it out anymore. We're just going to, this is going to be one of those swap the credit card things. This is one of the few things we can do. I think I can get this done for you. And for those of you who are too lazy to send in your information, which will be some of you, we will have a stock newsletter that will go out with your picture on it. And we'll just put something in there as if you wrote it. And some of you will take that option and that is fine. As long as it gets out the door. That's Jesse's like, that's my option. That's the other one is like operational marketing. You need to be doing the 40 door steady work campaign. I remember Jason uh, uh, Finney said a few years ago, because he tracks every number on God's creation. He's done the newsletter 15 different ways, like he, just to see how it went. Like he's the only person I've ever known that's done this stuff. And uh, I think it was like you said one year, it's like 147 jobs from the door steady work program in your company, something like that. I can't remember. It's important. You got to teach your crew leads how to upsell. You got to know how to run a crew leader meeting, and you've got to have a save labor bonus or a performance pay program. Now, a save labor bonus is going to make you a lot more money than straight pay, but I'm going to try to get in here and replace this with a performance pay program that's simple. 
after, you know, I got, every few years I get convinced to do something different based upon your feedback and what I learned. And so we're, we continue to upgrade these systems for you. Uh, recruitment, 30 painters in 30 days. We have a bunch of foundational evergreen recruitment tools. Latino recruitment, you may think, well, that's racist. But it's, you, you're, you're stupid if you do not go after uh, the market that has per capita the most labor. It's, in, it's just stupid, you know? It, it's, it's like, it'd almost be like if you went and tried to, uh, instead of trying to go to where the rich people live to paint their houses, you went down to the trailer park. You know, let's just go where the, you fish where the fish are, and there just are proportionally more fish in that market. It's just, it is, it is a matter of uh, fact. You gotta teach your guys how to refer other people to you. Trent Husky talked about this the other day. You need to have a technical skills assessment when people come in, and Mark talked about this last year when I did the operations pre-day, we have a, an awesome circle test where in about 30 to 45 minutes you can tell, can they paint? Can they follow instructions? Can they do routine paperwork? Because if they can't do any of those things, they can barely be a painter, but they certainly can't be a crew leader. And after a while, you do 5, 10, 15, 20 of these, you're like, I know exactly I can, I can rank this person. So you don't have to spend two weeks putting them with your best crew leader, which I think is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard of. You can spend 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and, and almost get rid of the folks that, that can't do what you need to do. And we also have a non-technical skills assessment. List building, leveraging newsletters for B2B referrals, running your referral routes. We heard Sabatini, and last year we heard Husky talk about that. How to hire an administrative assistant, a safety program. The only time y'all ever want to uh, implement a safety program is after someone has fallen off a ladder. That is the only time. Or when OSHA calls and says, where's your safety program? That's when y'all go try to fetch one, okay? It's like as soon as your house burns down, you go to ACE and you buy the fire alarms, okay? We don't need to do it that way. Just put this in place. Number six uh, is our upselling program for estimators. We teach you how to offer financing. We have a, a, a module on key performance indicators and tracking and measuring your marketing dollars. Some of you said this year, my goal is to track and measure my marketing dollars better. This is what this is for. Phase seven, commercial repaints. Why would I put this in phase seven? Everybody says, I kid you not, every time, every time I get on a diagnostic, people say, well, can I just go straight to the commercial repaints, Brandon? I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be a real good idea. You're losing money on your residential jobs. You don't have a sales process. You don't even communicate with people that have bought with you previously that you could get money out of immediately. You, you don't have the team you need. Yeah, let's go chase Moby Dick in a dinghy. <laughs> let's, let's go do that. You got a leaky dinghy. You got an old rusty spear. Let's go get Moby Dick. No, I'm going to make you wait. Unless you got your stuff together, then fine. Let's proceed to the next step. I don't care. I don't hold things back. The reason I hold things back is because it's in your best interest. Because there's, you know, you don't, like I used to train martial arts 7th through 12th grade. I was pretty good at it. I may start taking boxing classes again this year. And uh, I enjoyed it. But if you don't have the fundamentals in place, like you don't need to be thrown into the ring or on the mat with somebody that's going to just beat the hell out of you. You have to start with the basics. Marketing, our $100,000 trade show marketing toolkit. Uh, and many of you see that this is already in the members only portal depending on how long you've been in the program. We kind of, we didn't even really make an announcement. It just showed up because we kind of ran out of time with Summit. Our food truck campaign, you heard Rick Sabatini talk about that yesterday. 
Uh, this is coming soon. Uh, me and Tara are going to work on uh, how to hire and manage and incentivize operations and estimators and sales reps. That's going to be another focus that we're going to focus on. I got the administrative uh, assistant module, which actually probably needs to be upgraded, but it, it's better than the nothing that most people have, but we're moving through this. This is how it should go. This is, this is another thing Robert said not to say. It's like getting an MBA and running a painting business. And he said, well, I don't know if they want an MBA in a painting business. I don't care. I'm saying it anyway. Because that's what it's like. You can go get an MBA, and I did, and it, Tara had a much better experience than I did. I, did I, I just felt like it was a waste of time, and it had nothing to do with what I was doing in business. And it's, this is like the cheapest education you can get that directly applies to what you do. Factor number four as a key performance indicator dashboard. You need to track your main numbers. And Tara has developed this. We're going to continue to tweak it, but we're going to be rolling this puppy out. Personalized implementation options. So I'm going to spend a significant amount of time here, okay, because we've got a new program that's rolling out this year, and we've also adjusted a couple of others. I made the mistake for the first nine years thinking that you were like me and maybe Trent Husky and maybe three or four other people in this room where you're like self-study addicts. I am. You give me a course, let me sit in a corner, let me watch it, let me go do it and not interact with any humans. I will get it done in an hour. Like, I'll just sit and grind on it and I enjoy it. Like, it's fun to me. Raise your hands if that sounds fun to you. It's a two, if there's a hand, there's a smattering. But most people are not new, and it's not me. So I love physical fitness. As many of you uh, saw this morning, I, just, I enjoy it. Uh, when I was 13, as I mentioned, I moved in with my dad, and he, he allowed me to go to a martial arts class, and he'd drive me all the time. And life was chaotic at school. I was socially maladjusted, as if you couldn't tell. And uh, it was just a hard time, right? It was hard, and I was, you know, and you're, and you're going into puberty. Imagine me on, that was terrible. It was terrible. I don't know what happened. I didn't get the growth hormones. I got, I got everything else, I guess. Um, but I love it. It's a lifestyle choice. And I went to the gym. I was like, it's peaceful here. Everybody's nice. Everybody's got a common goal. There's nobody bullying anybody. There's no aggravation. You know? It's like, I don't have to get in a scrap every three weeks to make sure that people know that if, if you, you mess around with me long enough, like I'll, I will kick your kneecap off your leg. And you do that a couple of times, you just kind of sneakily, you cower for a few minutes, and then you just beat the hell out of them. And like you, you just pick the biggest one you can find, and you be as sneaky and dirty as you can. And the people are like, yeah, you can do it, but it's going to cost you. And you get in there and be scrappy. There are three basic pathways to getting in shape. The first one is self-guided. This is people that just go to the gym of their own accord. They don't ever go to a class. They don't ever have a fitness coach. Uh, you have to have a study ethic. You have, to have a work, you have to have a study ethic because you need to know what to do. You can't just go mark time in the gym. You've got to know what gets you the biggest benefit for the time in the gym. You've got to have a work ethic. You have to be highly self-motivated. Does the gym call you if you don't go to the gym? No. No. Now, I have people later on that I'll show you that call me from the gym, text me if I'm not there, but I don't get... The gym doesn't call me. They're actually happy when you pay and don't go, right? There are group classes, which is what we did this morning. We all got in there. There was a program. There was an instructor. You got to have the discipline to show up. You got to follow the instructor's lead. There's group accountability, and you can compare the peer performance in that group. I can. 
one of my things that makes me happiest is like I weigh 145 pounds and I do this hour and a half long high intensity training course with Don at the sports barn. I'm going to go back to it in the, in the late spring and summer. I just can't get to it. It's 35 minutes away from the house now, but I'm going to plan my day around it moving forward up until the busy season again next year. And I look around and there's people in there half my age and twice the weight lifting half as much. I'm like, I'm doing pretty damn good. And that's what you want to be. And you're in a peer group. You want to look around and hopefully go, I'm doing pretty good. Okay? You, but you don't know if you're doing pretty good or not if there's not other people that are of equal caliber. And like that class I go to on Monday nights, there's not an out-of-shape person in it because about a third of the people leave. About a third of the way through, a few people leave and throw up and come back because they, they think it's some old lady class and it is not advertised properly. It's like Don something. They've never changed the name of the title. It does not describe what the class is. It has no relation to what they're going to be subjected to. <laughs> People come in, I'm like, okay, you need to lighten that weight. You need to be, I can just put their stuff together because you know I'm a coach, right? I got to be nosy. Everybody needs my advice. Ain't that right, honey? And I come out and get their weights together. It's like, now no, take it easy. And these big guys are, oh, rah, rah, rah. about 30 minutes into it, they're toast. They're toast. And you can tell, like you, want to, you don't want to judge yourself in your painting business by the industry. And the industry is terrible. It, you don't want to judge it by the industry. You want to judge it by people in this room. Personal training. Uh, you have to have the discipline to show up, right? You still have to show up. You can't, you can't miss the trainer. Uh, you, you got one-on-one -on -one instruction and accountability, expert guidance, a written plan, and goals and measurements. That's what makes good personal training. Now, this is Brandon's workout plan. This is me. I go to the gym two days a week, and I go to my class, and I'm going to try to get right back into it one day a week. That's three days a week. Very hard workout. I don't goof off in the gym. I do goof off and talk to people, but I don't, like, I'm moving. Like, I'm, somebody wants to talk to me. I'm like, you care if I was in? I just do my squats, and I'll talk to them. Like, I'm in there to work, and I want to get home. But I don't have a personal trainer because I don't want some. I don't want to feel obligated on somebody else's schedule to go. Now I may get one after, for something. I want to take boxing lessons again. I used to love watching boxing with my dad. I love watching George Foreman's comeback. That was just amazing. Uh, and the movie, if you've not seen it, it's real good. And this is my wife's workout uh, routine. It's a little different. She goes to the gym one day a week by herself or does something, and then. Two days a week, she goes with a personal trainer named Carolyn, who's fantastic. Kristen got in an automobile accident on Brainerd Road, and she kept, somebody just pulled right out in front of her, and she kept complaining about her neck. And, you know, she was skinny, and she didn't have any muscle. I said, like, well, I don't know. I said, maybe if you put some muscle around your neck, it wouldn't hurt so bad. And I went, <laughs> that's what I thought, you know, because I just thought, well, there's got to be, I don't, I don't know what the solutions are. It's going to be good. So I went to the gym, and there's a personal trainer there, and the first one I selected was terrible, it was Teresa. She's like all stern and mopey, and Kristen didn't like her, but then she found Carolyn, and she's like, I like this lady. You know, this lady's uh, older than I am, and she's in great shape. I think she probably knows what she's talking about, and it's been great. It's been great for her uh, life. It's been good for us, and her, her neck and back, she has still had, you know, everybody does, but it's not like it used to be. So the thing, you know, Socrates says that the beginning of wisdom is knowing yourself. So you've got to ask yourself, Am I a self-study addict? Am I, do I want to be in a peer group? Or do I want to get one-on-one -on -one instruction? So there are three paths to, print any, to help any painter. There's the gold membership, peer groups, and platinum membership. So in the gold membership, you get what I call the expert uh, diagnostic, 
you get done for you business systems, you get a phased rollout, uh, you get two one-on-one -on -one quick start calls with me, we will do your content for your newsletter. Uh, we have our Q&A meetings, as Luigi mentioned, I love them. Uh, and we, we've got more people showing up now because we've changed a few of the things, we've changed the, the a little bit, we may even adjust how the agenda goes. I'm gonna have uh, Tara look at that and see if we can improve it and give you more value. And I get email support. If you send me an email, I will get back to you. And it is very rare. I mean, at this time of year, I'm slow because just, I'm just overwhelmed. But like, I get back to everybody. And I don't do it. This is not Domino's Pizza. If you want it in 30 minutes or less, you can call somebody that doesn't know anything. But people that are busy, like they, they got to take a while, right? And so I'll record a voice note. I'll write an email. I'll get back to you. And then if you show up to the calls, I'll help you there. And so will your peers. So who's the best fit for that? Somebody who's pretty self-disciplined, probably start up to one million. You gotta have a lot of broken and missing systems and you gotta be eager to learn, okay? And it's 997 to enroll and it's 397 a month thereafter. It's like you can't buy a cheap pressure washer for this. You can't take a junior college basket weaving course for this. Oh my God, it's gonna cost me $300. My life's gonna, now we'll talk about that later. Well, I have a 60-day money-back uh, guarantee that's unconditional. There are no long-term commitments. The only time people quit our program is when they're lazy and they don't do anything. And I can't beat that out of people. There are some folks that, like, you, you, could, you could bring them a T-bone steak and they'd starve because it was three seats over from them. It's just too much work. It's just too much work, right? For some people, you can't help. I always say I can help the, I can help the eagles fly higher, but I can't turn turkeys into eagles. And so, and I have a $5,000 money in your pocket guarantee, and that is if you, if you do what I tell you to do in the first 60 days, and if you don't put at least five grand in your pocket, I'll give you your money back too. You know how many times I've had somebody take me up on this? Zero. Zero. So what's it take for an ROI? This is so funny. Basically, you have to close about two jobs in 12 months. I know that's a huge hill to climb. That's a huge hill to climb. You've got to raise your close rates by about half a percent. You'd have to raise your gross profits by probably like 0.025. I did some rough math. You've got to raise your prices by 50 cents an hour. You, you get the money back in a month. It's so easy. And all we've got to do is put the systems in place to allow you to do it. So business decisions are made with math, not illogical feelings driven by fear. I will say it again. Business decisions are made with math, not illogical feelings driven by fear. So many of you in this business are running your business on emotions and fear. And that is not, that is not a good place to be in business because when you go to the bank, you deposit what? Math. You go to the bank, you tell the teller, I feel really good today. Put an extra 10 grand in there. I'm depressed. Put an extra 10 grand. They don't do it. It's just whatever the check is, and then whatever comes out, and whatever's left is yours to keep. You want it to be as much as possible. So I'm going to uh, preview this, and then I'm going to let Tara talk through this, because she's really going to be administrating this, because she's got like years and years of experience doing it. Uh, it's all of the gold memberships, plus uh, two annual benchmark strategy sessions with Tara, who for planning, you'd be better off with her than me. Two annual in-person peer group retreats. We're going to be doing these. Y'all have begged me for these for years. We're going to do them. One monthly high-performance uh, strategy session. You'll have one meeting with your peer accountability partner. I think often y'all will slack on me, but you won't slack on each other because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to you. 
Me, you're like, I pay that guy. I don't care if I do anything he says or not. I'm just writing a check. Who gives a crap? He works for me. I don't work for him. But, you know, you get on the phone with a peer, and it's like, oh, I'm lazy. I didn't do it. I'm lazy. That's embarrassing. Nobody wants to do that. Key Performance Indicator Dashboard. In your group, you will be able to tell how your gross profits compare, how your productivity compares, how your sales close rates or average transaction sizes compare. You'll be able to compare so that you know, okay, I want to get a little bit better in this. And then you look at somebody in the group who's got a real good number where you've got a bad number, and you're like, how'd you do that? That's a good idea. So members have asked this for seven years. I've not done it um, because I just hadn't had the time because this is me. <laughs> this is me. My little ass is overloaded. <laughs> and so I just couldn't do anymore. I was like, I'm pulling as much of a load as I can over here. And so that's why I had to have Tara come in. Um, I said, but one ass is enough, right? We just need me. We need me. And then somebody really sweet like Tara. So uh, now's the right time because she's here because she, again, as I mentioned, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years. She's the only person I've met that I'm like, I trust, I trust her with y'all because she's helped me uh, and she's helped so many people that I know. So I'm going to uh, hand this over to Tara and we're going to try to pick up the pace because. Yep. Just want to talk a little bit about peer groups. I think we've had quite a few conversations, but just in case you haven't been involved in those, I'll, I'll go over this quickly. Uh, the benefits, I've had the opportunity to work with peer groups directly in my career for nearly over 20 years. And it's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in business is peer groups. Uh, what are the benefits? Well, Based on the people I've had in peer groups, they will say, I, you know, it reduces my stress and it increases my profits. It's kind of like being here. How many of you feel like being here and being with your peers reduces stress and increases profits? Some of the com conversations I've had is people say, hey, it's, I get to have adult conversations with people about my business. I get help solving problems. And most importantly, you're building camaraderie. What I can see in the, even in this event is you, a lot of you came back here to see people you saw last year. Because you built those relationships, right? But, so, so we want to take what you've got here and extend it to, so that you can have some of it all year long. That's really what we're doing with the peer groups. We're going to break you into smaller groups. If you're interested in doing this, we're going to do this in smaller groups. Why smaller groups? Because they work better. They create larger benefits. Why do they do that? Because you have more focused attention with fewer members, and when we talk about smaller groups, we're talking about like eight to 12, right? It, it'll depend on you guys and how many want to start. But you have focused attention, you have better quality discussions, and a smaller group's a little more flexible and adaptable. One of the things I've seen with groups over the, as they evolve and, and become stronger, is that there's a tendency for people to say, hey, we want to we wanna talk about this, or we want to go, we want to meet live. There's, that's flexibility and adaptability. Again, like I said, I have a tremendous amount of personal experience with this. I'm a numbers person. You probably have figured that out. So, you know, what's the bottom line? Proven success of peer groups. I've seen peer groups operate in at least four different franchise brands. And every time, profit and revenue results for people that are in groups grew at three to five times the people who weren't in groups. Now, remember, these are the same brands, same tools, same markets. Yet people who choose to be in groups and participate in groups grew much faster. 
The other thing that's interesting with the peer groups is that, and I think this is the greatest hallmark of value, is they stay together a long time. I know of groups that have been together for over 20 years. I know, you know, I, a group I personally started that is still together has been together over 15 years. Um, again, these are some of the brands that we've, we did uh, peer groups in. And here's some faces of people that have been involved in peer groups. I'm gonna jump through. I'm gonna talk a little bit quickly about the, the pieces of, of a high-performance peer group. Like we said, smaller cohorts. Reg the most important thing is these regular structured meetings, right? So, you know, I think I've, I've talked to several of you guys who maybe like uh, Brandon said, kind of got an ad hoc peer group going after this meeting, but he said, well, yeah, but we, we have a tendency just to talk. The key thing about structured is that it really pushes you. It pushes you and it gets you those, kind of like Ed pushed me, right? But it gets you to, it facilitates growth and it helps with accountability. The other pieces that are involved that you wouldn't have in an ad hoc group is that you get one-on-one -on -one coaching. You get some coaching from your peers. And of course, I think the, probably the most powerful thing is the KPI benchmarking. You know, like you said, what Brandon just said, you want to benchmark yourself against the people in this room, not against the industry. The industry sucks, right? <laughs> That's terrible. Okay. Um, people have asked, like, what does this look like? So if, if you, when you choose to join, you're, you're, we're going to start. We want to make sure, first of all, to get a great group experience, we really need to do some onboarding. So. You will have two onboarding calls, one-on-one -on -one with me. That is not including the benchmarking calls that we're talking about. This is just to get you leveled, to get your, get, you know, to say, hey, let's make sure we're all on the same page. Look, and I want to tell you right now, if you're thinking, I don't have all my numbers, like, I'm going to do a diagnostic with you. I'm going to help you look at your metrics and numbers, and you're probably going, well, I don't have all my numbers. Nobody will have all their numbers. I can promise you that. Maybe one or two people. But most of you will not have all the numbers. That's okay, this is a journey, this is a learning experience. You're gonna find out why you might wanna look at some of those numbers. But the bottom line is you do have numbers. You have access to the most important ones and that's what we're gonna start by looking at. So two, two onboarding calls and then the group will have an onboarding call. So the first meeting really is an onboarding meeting. From there, we'll move to a more regular schedule of a 90 minute meeting once a month, virtual, right? Same. It'll be pre-scheduled, same time, and day of the week each month, and it has an agenda, something like this. We'll open, we'll go over the scorecard, we'll, we'll do a business education topic. That may be uh, some of the phases of Brandon, whatever the group needs. That might be me talking, it might be a member talking, it might be an outside person that we bring in to share a topic. The, probably the most powerful is idea sharing. We'll, after that, we'll spend some time with open discussion, We'll have a quick peer accountability update. That's where you're telling your group, this is what I'm gonna do between now and the next month. So then when you also have your peer accountability meeting, you'll have, you'll have something to hold each other accountable to. Now, if you're starting to squirm, like, oh, I don't wanna be accountable. This is the powerful part of this. This is how you get moving on this. Um, a couple of meetings, we'll have a quarterly, once a quarter, there'll be a quick goal review. And as Brandon mentioned, live sessions. You know, I, I, I could spend a lot of time talking about why KPI benchmarking works, but I think you guys know that. Uh, I, you know, having data limits the subjective. 
It sta standardizing metrics within a team means that when you're looking at your data and somebody else's, you know you're comparing apples and apples. I, nothing helps improve performance more than measurement, and it helps you be able to clearly set goals. I think I should, for those of you who were in our pre-day meetings, we're put, as Brandon mentioned, we're putting together tools to uh, help you benchmark that. This is kind of an example of some things that, you know, what does a benchmark look like? Um, I'm going to jump to quick the, the peer accountability partners. When you put together a, a virtual group of eight to ten people, now you might think, I know everybody here, but the bottom line is you don't really know everybody. And so one of the things that makes groups very powerful is the camaraderie. It's getting to know each other. So the actual one-on-one -on -one peer accountability is also an opportunity for you to get to know people in the group better one-on-one. -on -one. Because when you're on a virtual call with eight or 12 people, you're, you're getting to know them, but you're not really getting to know them. So it helps build stronger relationships. And then as, as Brandon mentioned, the, the annual live retreat. Now, obviously we have the summit now, but going, the best time we have found for peer groups to get together is really in the fall, kind of at the end of season, so that you can really start mentally thinking and planning for next year. And getting together with your peers, getting to think about, you know, what am I, what changes do I need to make in my business and what's going on. Absolutely. It'll evolve, but this is what we're looking at. So, uh, Brandon, I'll let you take it away so that we can get that going. All right. Thanks, guys. We're going to finish cooking this goose. There's not much more here. Um, so, the pricing is not if you're perspective, if you're brand new here and you think you just want to go straight into peer groups, if you're new, it's $9.97 to enroll, it's $7.97 a month thereafter. Gold members, it's only $497 to enroll. It's $300 additional thereafter. And if you're platinum uh, presently, not you were a long time ago, but if you're platinum presently, it's $0 to enroll, and it's only $200 more because uh, you're already going to be working with me one-on-one -on -one or Tara. And so we're, we're trying to just you know, the, make it real easy for the platinum members. And what's this going to take, right? You look at those numbers. It's like you got you got to get 3.8 jobs in 12 months. You got to raise your closing rates by a point. You might have to raise your gross profits by a point. These any of these solutions would work. Not all four of them, just one of them. Raise prices by 50 cents. You're there. It is that easy. And that's why we make decisions based on math instead of emotions. And then we have the final uh, option, which is platinum membership. It's all the members. It's all the benefits of gold. And then I take you through a much longer diagnostic process. Many of you in this room have been through this before. I give you a written monthly plan uh, with projects and next action items. So does Tara. Uh, and 45-minute strategy session and a 30-minute check-in call. And uh, the best fit for platinum membership, uh, what is this? I didn't put it in here. That's my fault. This is just a duplication. If you're in platinum, you need to have your bills paid. You don't need to be in Strugglesville if you can help it. And you need to be super duper committed because it's a 12-month commitment. The peer groups are a 12-month commitment too. We can't have you people getting in and out of groups. It's disrespectful. It shows that you don't have commitment. And we're not going to do that to the people that are committed. If you're not committed and if you're kind of wishy-washy, I'd probably go gold, okay? 
um, you need to have your act together. And it's, it's kind of a hard line because like Rick came to me in Platinum and he's like, oh, I don't know. He was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know either. I don't know. But then, you know, over the years, I have taken risks on people and they have like improved. And over the years, I've taken risks on people and they will not do a damn thing I asked them to. Not a damn thing. And they fail. And I can't help it. And I, I don't, I, unfortunately, like Tara's got some kind of snake charming ability. She can kind of figure out what you want and what motivates you. I'm not a snake charmer. I just tell you to do the stuff, and I will give you a thousand analogies, and I will just beat you over the head and shoulders. And then the only thing that makes it stop is that you did the stuff. And occasionally, people just lie to me about doing the stuff, I believe, <laughs> to keep from hearing it. But here's the thing. Nobody, nobody's going to hold you accountable in your business. Like, they're just not. They're just not going to do it. You can, you can run the world's best business and, or the world's crappiest business. You'll never get one single solitary phone call unless you're in a peer group or you have a coach. You can fail in obscurity. You can succeed in obscurity. You'll never have anybody help you because that's what it's like being independently employed. So who should I work with uh, in Platinum if you're making these decisions? And uh, Jennifer, if you'll get everything ready. She's ready. She's always ready. Hold on. We're not ready yet, but we're close. Um, my strength is helping you upgrade and install fundamental business systems. I'm really good at helping people with commercial repaint account uh, acquisition. I love marketing and sales projects. I like helping you make more money, and I will challenge you personally. If you come up with some lame-ass excuse, I will not go along with it. I will not, because it's not in your interest for me to do that. I can't pretend with you. I'm not going to get in this land of make-believe that you can't do this, because all you got to do is set aside time. I remember so many of my platinum people, they'd finally get something done, and I'd say, how long did it take? And they'd say, two hours, and we've been talking about it for three months. I thought, we have spent more time talking about it than you spent doing it. And it's all about time management. Terrace strengths, and we, I actually came up with these, and she agreed with them. That's a good sign. Advanced business planning, she's really good at that. She's dragging me through the process right now. Management and leadership of staff. She's doing that for me right now. <laughs> Scaling strategies for next level growth. Finding your biggest levers to boost, to, to boost income. She, she came in and had some retention ports, reports ran and a few other things. And it's like, well, I've been meaning to do that for five years. I never did it. And you're going to have things like this in your business. You need somebody else to make you do what you already know you need to do. And she has an adaptive coaching style. If you're, you could be five or six different flavors. She'd probably work with you. I just have one gear. Do the stuff. That's my gear, right? So there's an enrollment form that's going to be passed out here. Yes, you can do it now. Kristen, will you help her, please? Oh, you got it, John. Oh, John, okay, you're on both sides. So there's an enrollment form here. What's on this thing? I'm just going to go through it at the top, because if I don't, y'all come up to me and hold it and ask me. That's what will happen. That's what happens every year. Uh, number one is I want to be in the high-performance peer groups. Okay, I'm, a, I'm gold or I'm platinum or I'm new. You just check that box and tell us what you want to do. Platinum, I want to work with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. Right now, I have four slots open. That's it. They'll be gone here shortly. They always are. There's usually, there was a waiting list of five or six people last year. If you want to get on it, you 
put it in Jennifer's hands and she puts one, two, three, four on these because it's that's the only fair way to do it is whoever turns it into Jennifer the fastest. I don't know any other way. Now, although we will get on the phone and talk, you don't just get into platinum because I may get on the phone with you and be like, I don't think that's the best fit for you. You need to do something else. Okay, I'm not gonna, I, I never help people unless I think it's in their best interest. Gold membership group coaching. Uh, all of you that are smaller in the business, that are new here today, like you're going to get this with peer groups or platinum, but you need to, I've talked to so many of you, y'all need help getting your basic business systems in place. Like it's, it's anyway, you just need it. Purchasing group, uh, if, if, if you check the box, yes, uh, free paint price assessment. I'd like to learn how to reduce my materials expenses by 35 to 45%. If you want me to do a paint price assessment, you check that. I'll send you one. You know what it requires? You to send me back an email. Some people don't do it. I send them an email. and I'm, well, I'll nag you a couple of times, but I'm moving on. i got stuff to do. Uh, a free digital assessment. If your website is beautiful but is not generating leads, uh, check that box, and John Schofield will reach out to you. And then if you'd like to go ahead and pre-register uh, for the lowest price, you will probably see tickets because we may end up going to Florida. This is a bad time to ask this, but by a show of hands, who would like to go to Florida versus staying in Chattanooga last, this year, next year? Who would like to go to Florida? Okay, who wants to stay in Chattanooga? Well, that's equally divided. Okay. Oh, we got some diehards. You come to a place enough, you're like, I like going back there. I'm like a creature of habit. But we're, we, we, we may, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a post-survey. Um, and then if you want the recordings of 2023, 2022, 2021, actually you get 2023. I don't even know what we're going to put that in there. We just need to send people the recordings. Oh, thank you for the year update. Uh, I, I, where am I? What planet am I on? Uh, if, you want to, if you want the recordings from previous summits, if you'll check those boxes, we'll get those to you. So there are three roads to travel, and then I'm going to take questions because we're going to be running just a tad behind today. The first path for those of you especially that are new is to just do nothing. Just do nothing. And for some of you, well, the business may get better. Maybe something lands in your lap. Maybe you hire an estimator who's kind of helpful. Maybe a, a, a big job happens. Maybe something happens magically and things get better, but they could also magically happen and get worse. And doing nothing is really rough. When you're, when you're under fire, as many of us will be this year because of the economy, standing still is probably your worst option. You, you become a very easy target uh, for, for fate uh, when you do that. The other path is to do it yourself and try to just do all this stuff by yourself. So I have the, uh, the time-wasting privilege of conducting diagnostics for people multiple times. Because I'll do a diagnostic for somebody and then they decide not to join for whatever reason or they're going to go off and do it by themselves. And I've probably done maybe... 56, probably maybe 100 some odd of these before, and people come back two years later, 18 months later, six months later, 24 months later, I'll pull out the old diagnostic, and then I look at the new diagnostic. Do you know what they have in common? They're almost the damn same. 
And usually they're worse because it took worse to get them to come back. You might be the exception, but I just don't see it happen very often. I wish it did. If I could put a YouTube video out and it'd fix everybody's problems, I wouldn't be here today. But it just does not seem to, to get it done. And the other one is just to help you. I'm 100% certain that this is your best option. 100% convinced. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say that sales is a transference of feeling. You would be a moron. If you don't have any business systems in place in your business today and you leave here because you're so full of pride and don't do anything. But that is your choice to make. That is the beauty of business ownership. You get to make those choices.